Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early stage entrepreneurs to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Hey there. Today we're chatting with Ryan Kuhn, who's the co-founder and CEO of Avail. Uh, Avail is another of the M25 portfolio companies. So I wanted to thank M25 again for the introduction. And I wanted to thank Ryan for being on the show. We talk about Avail, what they're doing in the landlord and tenant space. And towards the very end, we, we talk a little bit about some coronavirus craziness and uh, Ryan shares some stuff he's been researching with the SBA and um, some other stuff he's been working on. But it's uh, overall an amazing story. Avail has grown crazy fast over the last few years. Uh, Ryan and his co-founder Lawrence taught themselves how to program to launch the company. It's a it's really a cool story. Uh, so hopefully you enjoy it. And if you do, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already uh, and leave us a review. That would mean a lot. Thanks so much. This episode is brought to you by Full Stack PEO. Most founders start companies because they figured out a better way to solve a problem or serve a need, not because they love tracking payroll, filling out compliance forms, and explaining employee benefits packages. And yet, all that stuff still has to be done. That's why there's Full Stack PEO. Full Stack PEO specializes in turnkey HR for emerging companies, not just those core services, but advice and expertise that help founders maximize employee potential. Curious? Find out more at fullstackpeo.com. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have Ryan Kuhn, who's the co-founder and CEO of Avail. Ryan, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Why don't we start with a quick overview of Avail and what you and the team do? Avail is on a mission to improve the rental experience and improve lives for what we call DIY or do-it-yourself landlords and tenants. And so in the United States, there's about 48 million residential rental units. About half of those units are owned by big REITs, hedge funds, asset managers. They're professionally managed units. The other half of rental units in the country are actually owned and managed by guys like us who are busy full-time professionals. They're doctors, bankers, lawyers, consultants. They happen to own rental properties on the side, either to build passive income or to save for retirement. And so these 24 million units that are owned by these DIY landlords, they're the ones that we focus on. And here at Avail, what we do is we provide the landlords a set of tools and resources that helps them be efficient uh, part-time landlords, and then ultimately provides a better online experience for the renters who are living in those rental units. Make that next level tangible for me. What's my experience or or what are some of the tools if I'm a landlord? Yeah, for sure. So um, in in the past, if you owned rental units, you would typically manage your rentals with a collection of offline tools. So spreadsheets, pen and paper, paper checks. And here at Avail, what we do is we bring that all online. And so for the landlords... Um, there's typically five main things that they've got to do from finding tenants, screening them, signing leases, collecting rent, and managing maintenance. And with our product, landlords can do all of these things all online directly from within Avail. So what that actually really looks like is, let's say that you own one home or one condo unit 
in Indianapolis that you rent out. Let's assume that the, the house is vacant. So you would use Avail. You would come onto Avail. You'd create a profile for that house. We would then syndicate that listing out to all of the popular sites. So Zillow, Realtor.com, Apartments.com, Zumper, Padmapper, Hotpads. You as the landlord would get inquiries from prospective renters. On average, you'll get about 18 inquiries within the first week. The next thing that you need to do as a landlord is screen the tenants. You want to make sure that you find renters who will take care of the place and will pay rent on time. And we plug into TransUnion. We we give you a set of tools that makes it really easy for you to pull the credit, criminal, and eviction report on your prospective renters. After you've decided who to rent to, we then give you a state-specific lease agreement that you can customize. You can toggle different things like, do you allow smoking in the property? What's the pet policy? Is there parking included? And then you'll generate a lease for that unit. After you digitally sign that lease, the next thing as the landlord, the best part about being a property owner is collecting rent. So we give you the ability to collect rent electronically. So your renters will pay rent through their Avail account. They can pay either from a bank account or a debit or credit card. And we'll deposit those funds directly into your bank account on the first of each month. The fifth thing and the last thing that you need to do as an owner is actually manage the maintenance requests that are coming in. So your renters are able to submit maintenance tickets directly uh, through their Avail account. And that really gets rid of all of those somewhat annoying phone calls or text messages coming in late at night. Everything goes through Avail. You're able to track things. You can assign different costs to different projects and really keep everything organized. Does it also have... And I... So I'm full disclosure, I have done some DIY landlording myself. So, so this question comes from there. Uh, even even though it's it may seem like a non sequitur, do you also do some of the preventative maintenance tracking? Things like changing furnace filters, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So we we've got a lot of good educational content on our website that helps landlords understand what preventative things they should do. We don't yet have that built inside the product, but it's something that we're actively looking at. I think later this year, probably Q3, Q4, we'll be doing an overhaul of our maintenance feature to include some of that preventative maintenance stuff. That's awesome. All right. Let's do current status. So for the listener, paint a picture with any sort of vanity metric you would like. That can be funding, revenue, number of employees, number of units being managed, um, number of rent checks cashed, anything you can share that will help somebody understand where you and the team are at? Absolutely. So uh, we launched the company in 2015. So we've been around a little bit under just under five years now. We currently have about 160,000 do-it-yourself landlords from across the country who use Avail to manage rentals. Holy cow, man. Congratulations. 160,000 owners are managing properties in about 20,000 zip codes nationwide. There's also about 450,000 renters living in these rental units. We process tens of millions of dollars in rent payments each month. And total to date, Avail has raised about $5.5 in outside funding. So 
we're, we've got a, a wide reach. People across the country are, are using Avail. They're using it to manage, again, single family homes, condo units, really small multifamily properties. The units on our, on the platform range in everything from small single family home in rural America all the way up to mansions in Los Angeles that professional athletes pay rent for and everything in between. So it really is uh, growing, growing quickly. We're basically doubling year over year. And then in, finally, in terms of team, uh, we've got 23 people on the team right now, all based here in Chicago. And yeah, growing quickly. That is awesome. Why did uh, why did you guys start the company? My co-founder Lawrence and I started the company really based on our own personal experience. Before starting Avail, Lawrence and I were both working here in Chicago for large investment banks. And we were also these DIY landlords ourselves. So about 12, 13 years ago, I graduated college, moved up to Chicago, took a job at a bank that was right before the, the Great Recession right before things all fell apart back then. It feels very similar to kind of how things are now. <laughs> yeah, um, a little bit. Strangely, unfortunately. But uh, through 08, 09, I was fortunate. I was able to invest in some real estate. Bought a couple single-family homes that I was managing. I was renting them out. And I, was, I found that I was using very antiquated, archaic tools to manage properties. So... Spreadsheets, pen and paper, smoke signals, you name it. And eventually started thinking there's got to be a better way for doing this. Eventually started looking for technology that would help automate and streamline the process of being a DIY landlord. And what I found is that those more institutional owners that I mentioned earlier, the people on that institutional half of the market, they've got tools like Yardi, RealPage, and Trata. But back then, nothing really existed that would help guys like you or me who were these busy professional part-time landlords. And so when I couldn't find a set of tools that I thought would make my life easier, I eventually started talking with my co-founder, Lawrence. He had a three-unit building here in the city. We, we started comparing notes on how we managed our properties. And eventually, we decided, hey, let's leave our full-time jobs. Let's actually learn how to write code. Um, let's build the product ourselves, launch it. And then fast forward five years, here we are today. You, you and Lawrence taught yourselves how to write code? We did. We, this is back in 2012, 2013. We had left our full-time jobs. We were committed to building this company. And we started looking at our various options. And started talking with a bunch of people here in Chicago who had started tech companies. And we, we ultimately found that there's a couple paths that you can go. You can either hire a firm, hire an outside consulting firm to build the product, or you can roll up your sleeves, put in the hard work, and do it yourself. Um, back then, Lawrence and I unfortunately didn't have the capital to hire a, a consulting firm. And so we were really only left with one option. And that was to learn Ruby on Rails, build the product ourselves. That first product looked quite a bit different, I would say, 
in terms of quality and aesthetics than than our product today. But we were we were committed to doing it and just had that kind of Midwest Chicago roll up your sleeves and do it mentality. And so we spent two and a half, three years actually learning Ruby on Rails. Went th- I went through a boot camp and then just spent countless hours with the Michael Hartle uh, Rails tutorial book, built countless Twitter clones, and then eventually we <laughs> were able to kind of build this product. Oh, man, I have so many questions. This is fantastic. <laughs> so uh, eventually we'll talk about Avail again. So did you... Was it d- just Rails because... I mean, early 2000, Chicago Groupon Rails would have been, I'm assuming, on fire. And that, and certainly there were a ton of boot camps around for Rails back then. Was that the reason why you chose that stack or was there a different reason? Yeah, that was, that was the main reason. Um, okay. It was the Groupon days. And that was one of the first boot camps that was here in Chicago. Back then, it was called Code Academy. They rebranded as Starter League. It seemed like the natural. And eventually, if we were going to hire a team to continue building the product, it felt like Rails was was the language that would be pretty popular and that people would... Um, we would be able to find good talent. So didn't spend a lot of time investigating other languages, but we've been pretty happy with what we chose. Is it still Rails today? It is. It's... Uh, we primarily use Rails on the on the back end, and then we have adapted or adopted several front end frameworks that um, work a little bit better. And are you and Lawrence still writing code today? Very infrequently. Um, I'm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, Is your team I, thankful that it's very infrequently, or do they do they uh, miss you writing code? No, they're 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 thankful. We've got a great product team now. We've got product manager. We've got six full stack engineers. We've got a few UX designers, and every so often it'll happen that Lawrence and I will jump into the code base. One of the things that we value a lot here at Avail is customer centricity. For us, what that means is that every single person on the team does some amount of customer support. And so this coincidentally is actually my support week. We rotate support duties. And so every so often it'll happen that, you know, a question will come up from our customers that pops up two or three times. And rather than log that question or that request on a Trello board that our team will get to eventually, I end up just popping open our, our code base. I'll make a quick change. I'll send the pull request and our engineering team, I'm sure there's like sirens and horns going off and they're like, what's going on? (laughs) This is doomsday. So good for you. I love that policy, by the way, of uh, everybody rotating through support. That's fantastic. How many people, this is another seemingly random question. How many of the 23 employees, is that right? How many of them are also DIY landlords? There are, I think, four of us on the team who have investment properties. Got it. It's one of the things I, I find interesting. I, you and I were talking before we turned on the, the mics about Tenant Tracker, which is one of our portfolio companies. And they have one of the core values of Tenant Tracker is uh, we invest in real estate, which 
is an interesting core value because it it it's it's a little bit tongue in cheek, right? Like we're building software for real estate. We might open source some of that software. We might, you know, do other do other forms of giving back to the real estate community. But then it's also for the for the employees, it was also meant to be like, no, 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 we also invest in real estate, right? So we're gonna find ways, whether it's, you know, investing in properties together or individually, we should be invested in the industry that we're in, which is uh something that, you know, early on that the team made that decision. So I Given some of the other things you'd said, I didn't know if you guys had something like that at Avail. I, I love that idea. It's something that we've talked about periodically as, as a way to make sure that our entire team not only talks to customers every day and all the time, but is actually in their shoes and can relate better. So it's something that that's come up and I love that you guys are doing that. I would love to kind of dive in more there and understand What's worked? What hasn't from your experience? Yeah. You know, most of it doesn't work like most great ideas, but uh, <laughs> we found, found some goodness there. You just got to dig around for it. Do you guys have merch or swag that you give out at Avail, either to uh, customers or employees? Uh, we do give out swag to employees. What's your favorite piece of swag to give out? Uh, we've got these uh, very lightweight hoodies that one of our designers created about six months ago. That it's a just great lightweight hoodie to throw on either around the office or on a weekend. You're in Chicago, man. You can't be doing lightweight hoodies. You need like the big, thick, <laughs> like Northern Exposure style hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Well, if uh, you need help with swag for your startup, you can head to Fuel Merchandise Group. It's at fuelmerchandise.com. Mention Startup Competitors Podcast and get 10% off your first order. When you think of competitors for Avail, who or what comes to mind? The number one competitor that I think about a lot is actually the status quo. It's how landlords have historically managed their properties. It's all of those antiquated spreadsheets, the pen and paper, the paper rent checks. I think I saw a statistic recently that was put up by the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia that 70% of all rent payments are still made with a paper check. And wow. in today's day and age where everyone's paying things digitally, everyone's comfortable and accustomed to using Venmo, PayPal, credit cards... It's shocking that rent payments are still made through paper check. So I think there, there's really just the status quo. As I think about our overall addressable market, there's 8 million DIY part-time landlords in the US. My estimate is that 95% of them are still managing their properties in a very manual, offline way. Wow. That is a fantastic opportunity. What are maybe some of the trends that you think you and the team have ridden over the last five years to kind of get where you are today? And and then what are some of the current trends or upcoming trends that you see that will help catapult growth as you continue forward? I think there's two big trends that have helped us so far. And number one is that landlords are increasingly looking for technology to help automate and streamline how they manage their rental properties. I think all of us are feeling that technology is 
eating the world is taking over more and more parts of our lives, both professionally and personally. And I think that's causing landlords to start questioning why they're still printing, scanning, and faxing a lease document back and forth, for example, or why they're collecting rent through a paper check. I think landlords are more and more, more than ever, looking for technology. I think the second trend that we've really benefited from is the increasing demand or the increasing um, want or, or desire from tenants to live in a property that allows for things like online rent payments and things like um, being able to submit maintenance tickets directly from an app or from a website. And so I think that raising expectations from consumers, I was listening to a podcast that you recorded with Matt from Reallink, and he was talking about how tenants want to be able to see the space, and but they're comfortable viewing it digitally. I think that rising expectation from consumers to have a technology-enabled home, to have a home for your home on your phone is something that we've also benefited from. Looking out to the future, I think those two trends, the want from landlords to use technology, along with the rising expectations from tenants, those will only continue. I think the other thing that we're looking... One of the trends that we're really excited about is people are increasingly looking for looking to avail really as an expert in this space. And that's been a big focus of ours for about five years is trying to position our brand not only as a, a functional set of tools, but really as this resource to help landlords be better. And that's something that we'll continue, see, continue benefiting from and we're really excited about. What's been the biggest challenge you've faced to date launching this product? The biggest challenge that we've faced to date isn't so much launching the product. I, I often think about product as in some ways being the easy part of our business. The biggest challenge that we face though is actually in reaching all of these very fragmented DIY landlords. So again, there's 8 million of these individuals out there. I talk with a number of them all the time. There's an insurance salesman in Omaha. He uses our product. He owns six single-family homes. Last week, I was talking with a venture capitalist out in the Bay Area. I was talking with this VC. He owns one property in San Francisco that he rents out. And so these 8 million individual landlords... They're, I mean, they're really tough to reach, and there's no industry groups, there's no one common denominator. Our target market is the everyman. It's everyone out there who is a busy professional, happens to own properties on the side. They either lived in the property at one point, or maybe they inherited a property, or they're buying these these real estate assets to build passive income or save for retirement. So our product is really built for everyone who owns real estate. And that's both a challenge, but I think also the big opportunity. Yeah. So how how do you get in front of them today? Is that just at a lot of SEO and attempts at direct marketing? What, what have you found that works? 
what we find that works really well is building trust with our landlords. The way that we typically do that is with SEO, with content marketing, with building up our presence, building our brand on social media. Our product for landlords is free. And so we don't have the ability to go out and hire a sales team. We're, we're trying to be really lean and efficient with how we, how we reach and connect with these landlords. Interesting. If you had a new investment of $500,000 right now, and you had to spend it on sales and or marketing, how would you spend it? If we had to spend the half a million on sales and marketing, this it may be counterintuitive, but I would actually invest in product. And let me explain. Um, we've been spending more and more time um, thinking about and discussing product-led growth. And it's a, a strategy that has been really promoted by OpenView Ventures, which is a Boston-based uh, VC firm. And what they argue is that the best products out there are ones that users can easily adopt, they can easily get on board for, they can sign up. They Those products deliver value before ever asking for payment. They take a real bottoms-up sales approach. And so I think what I would do with that additional half a million would actually be to turn and, and invest in product because I know that if we have a better product, landlords are more likely to refer our product to other landlords and renters who are living in these units are more likely to go and spread the word about Avail when they move out of one Avail property into another property that currently doesn't use technology. Oh, interesting. How uh, how often do you see that happen? Is there a way for you to track that? We, we've tried our best to track it. We often find that it, it does because our product initially didn't really expect that to happen. We learn about it actually when these tenants are reaching out to our customer support team asking for, for help around how do they get their next landlord set up. A lot of our growth to date has been very landlord driven. So really investing marketing efforts, marketing dollars into getting landlords. And we're, we're spending more time trying to message to tenants about getting their next landlord on board. And we're seeing that happen more and more, which is really exciting for us as founders to find that we're delivering so much value to renters that they want to take a veil with them. That's, it's a really fulfilling thing. Yeah, that that's amazing. That's fantastic. What do you, when you look forward, what's the next big challenge you think you and the team will face? One of the, one of the things um, that's currently on our uh, product roadmap this year is actually a mobile app. To date, our product has been, a, a mobile responsive product. So you can use our product on your phone, on your tablet, and it will shrink down and, and behave really nicely. We haven't yet built a, a native mobile app that you can find in the app store. And so we were just talking about that this morning as a team. It's, it's a new uh, medium for us. It's a new way for us to build product. So 
I'm expecting that will be a interesting hurdle, interesting challenge uh, to deal with. Yeah. How about you personally right now? What are you working on or excited about? Can be work related, personal life, doesn't matter. Where are you spending your time in the off hours trying to learn something new or get better? Yeah, there's there's two answers to that, I would say. Number one, 2020 as a whole, one of the things that our team and I'm trying to adopt personally are is the OKR framework for goal setting. Back around the holidays at the end of last year, I ended up listening to the audiobook of John Doerr's book, Measure What Matters. Um, the book, I highly recommend it. It's all about how do really successful companies like Google set goals and really gain alignment for their teams. And so I listened to that audiobook narrated by John Doerr and was really impressed by it. So came back to our team shortly after the holidays and said, look, we've got to adopt this framework. We're about a quarter into that. And we're still trying to figure out how do we set goals here internally? How do we successfully adopt the OKR framework? In the book, they talk about building that goal-setting muscle and how that can take you know, six months, a year to build that, that muscle. And so we're a quarter in. We're, we're not perfect at it, but we're trying to get better. I'm spending a lot of time reading, studying the OKR framework, and really just trying to understand how can we do that better as a team. That's awesome. Um, so that that's number one. The the second thing that I, w- I would mention I'm spending more time with, unfortunately, and this is maybe useful for other founders, given that we're in the middle of the coronavirus p- pandemic right now, the US government has talked about making additional funding available through SBA loans. And so I spent a lot of time this past weekend trying to understand when will those uh, loans become available? What are the what are the requirements? And so I think for all of the other founders out there who are listening to this, I would encourage people looking into it. The initial proposal or initial terms that they've set out is that companies can get up to $2 million in funding with a sub 4% interest rate. So really attractive terms uh, with up to a 30-year payback. So that's something that very top of mind is I've been spending more time the last few days looking into it. Wow. Uh, where's the, if somebody wanted to look into that more, where would you recommend they they go? Is that just straight up a Google search or is there a, a spot for them to land that might be a better place to start? The the website that I was directed to by a friend is actually sba.gov slash disaster. The the oh, nice. loan program for the coronavirus is actually being managed similar to how loans are distributed for big natural disasters. So tornadoes, earthquakes, hurricanes. And so a lot of the the website is set up for more of those kind of point in time disasters instead of the coronavirus. So I would also just keep that in mind. Um, Last thing on that, the funding hasn't been fully approved. I think it's being managed by state by state. So different states may have different availability for that as well. Got it. Perfect. That's That's a great tip and very timely. Thank you. 
All right. Well, I think I've kept you uh, at just about time. If folks want to get a hold of you or learn more about Avail, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. That, so any landlords out there, I would encourage to go over to avail.co slash book. What we've got there is our guide to tenant screening. Really helpful, helpful tips for people, especially as we're coming up on the busy rental season. They can also find us on all of the social media. We're at Hello Avail pretty much everywhere. Awesome. Perfect. And then if they want to get in touch with you? They can find me on social media. I'm at Ryan Kuhn, I believe, pretty much everywhere as well. They can also drop me an email. Email is ryan at avail.co. Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. If you're thinking of launching a SaaS product, startup competitors can provide data on your closest competitors, survey potential users, or provide other product validation services. Learn more at startupcompetitors.com.